Merry Christmas. Well, good morning, Shiloh. How do you come out of a worship time like that? I don't know exactly. So I'll fumble a little bit. My name is Nate Wheeler. I'm a small group leader here at church. And if you're in that young adult age and a guy, my small group is the best small group for you. Okay, I just want to put that out there. All right. We meet in Milford, 7 o'clock, and we do, sometimes we'll go out to eat, sometimes we'll sit and hang out in my shop and, or on my patio with a fire. So um, that's the best small group for you to be in. Just put it out there. Uh, standing firm. So I want to just today pull back the veil of my life a little bit and what I've walked through in the last couple of weeks And some of the things that I've experienced as a speaker, when I plan a message, especially when people say, yeah, it's just whatever God puts on your heart, I often stop and pause and say, God, what have you been doing in me? How have you been affecting change in my life? How have you been growing me? What are the things that you've been doing for me? And then is that appropriate for the body of believers? Will it exhort the body of believers? And oftentimes... That's a yes. I feel like God takes me somewhere and then helps me bring other people there as a leader. So let me just unwrap my story a little bit. Several months ago, I guess the beginning of this year, I got elected as a school board member in Milford. Don't ever do that. (laughs) It's terrible. Um, You then get tasked with the responsibility of making decisions for 2,000 children and 16,525 adults. And everybody has a say. And that's what I've been trying to struggle through and work through in this season of my life. And as I've been praying about a lot of the positions I've had to take, and they're controversial, and everybody has an opinion, and what do you do? As I've been praying and pressing in, to God the last few weeks as it's ramped up because school's going back. I've been hearing this, stand firm. Well, God, what are you trying to tell me? Just stand firm. Just stand there. Stand firm. I haven't heard like, oh, you're doing a good job. That would have been nice to hear from him. I haven't heard, oh, you're doing a bad job. That wouldn't have been great. Like, I haven't heard much. Just like, stand firm. Stand there. Just keep doing it. Like, and I'm like, well, no, I'd rather just quit. <laughs> so, in this in this like pushing forward, I'm hearing the stand firm. But one of the things that's always on my heart, especially when I'm in a position where you can be in the public eye, is Matthew 28, 19 through 20. And it says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow, <clears throat> teaching them to follow all I commanded you. And behold, I am with you, always to the end of the ages. So these are the kind of the two things that have been on my heart the last couple of weeks. So I'm supposed to go to all the world and make disciples of all men, and I'm supposed to be standing firm. Like, these are, this is what's been resonating as, I, as I've struggled through, okay, what, what do I do? Well, this is what I think when I think of the word, or this verse, rather, in general. Like, go. Like, I think I don't want to. That's, that's my first thought. I don't want to. That sounds hard. That sounds difficult. I don't want to do it. I don't want to engage in that. Or that's someone else's job. That's not for me. Or you think, well, you only truly go if you go to Bulgaria or Haiti. Um, like th- That's going is when we extend ourselves past the borders of this country. 
But last I checked, if you have to go over to Greg, it's still going. I have to walk towards him to get there, right? That's going. And we often make a big thing out of going to all the earth. But your neighbor, the house next to you, to get there, you got to go, right? And as Christians, we are all tasked by this verse. This is a charge to all of us to make disciples. We have to. It's not a, oh, I want to. Oh, I don't want to. I'm not going to read that verse today, which is really what I'd like to do most times. (laughs) Devotions, we'll skip this one. But it's a, we must. So now I'm, I'm sitting in my life in the last couple of weeks trying to balance this of stand firm and go. Okay, God, how does that work? Because you know what the reality is, is I've been dead center in the middle of a lot of conflict. And I don't like it. I want to go. I want, to, I want the world to know that I love Jesus. That's my primary goal. It doesn't matter anything else I do. I want the world to know that I love Jesus. How do I do that in the midst of conflict? How do we do that in the midst of conflict? How do we do that with the, the other employee at work that just you can't stand? You cannot get along with them. You don't like them. More importantly, they don't like you. How do we share the gospel when we're hated? How do we do it? Well, the good thing is, is God wrote us somewhat of an instruction manual. So, 1 Peter 3, 15 says this. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart, always being willing to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is within you, but with gentleness and respect. You know, I think I've heard this verse in church like every third Sunday for my whole life, right? Like it's a very common verse to use. Always be ready to give a defense. Always be ready. But the first part of this verse, it was like I opened up the Bible and I'd never read it before. Right? Like it just jumped out and screamed at me. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your heart. Or the Amplified says it this. But in your heart set Christ apart as holy. Acknowledge him, giving him first place in your lives as Lord. This is like paramount to being able to go. If you don't get the first half, you don't ever accomplish the second half. See, a lot of times... We'll commit our lives to Christ. And then we just kind of start doing our life, right? We go to work, we come home, grill a steak. You know, you have your chores on the weekend, your honey-do list. And we just start going about our life. And this is like Christians, this is me. We just start doing the things that we got to do, right? But there's a specific place Christ belongs in our life. And it's in control of it. And we have to sanctify ourselves to him. We have to make sure that he's in the driver's seat. You know, all the stupid bumper stickers years ago, like Christ is my co-pilot. He's in the wrong seat and you're in the wrong seat. You got to switch. It makes me so mad. Every once in a while I see one, I'm like, man, you just don't understand the word of God. We have to switch. And what does that mean? What does that look like for us as Christians To switch seats. Well, it doesn't look like you can't do any of the things that you need to do. 
Because when you sanctify Christ as Lord of your life and put him in charge, he oftentimes gives back to you the very things you already had to do. Right? He blesses my marriage. He helps me be a parent. He helps me love my kids. He's involved in all that I'm doing because now he's in control of me. But he still wants those things. The word of God tells us those are good things. Fulfilling your commitment is a good thing to do. So what's the difference? The difference is, is that like a guy on a horseback, he's got the reins, right? And when you're doing what you need to do and all of a sudden he yanks the reins, we need to stop. But oftentimes we just chew on the bit and keep going. Nope, I got plans. I got things to do. I got things I got to accomplish. I can't go in that direction today. That's when we take him out of control and we actually abandon the commandment to go. Because we stopped doing what he wanted us to do. Whew. So we're still supposed to give a defense of the hope that lies within us, right? We should be doing things in such a way that people see what we're doing, see when we get interrupted, see when we have a hundred other things going on, but we chose to do something God wanted us to do. People should see that. And then when they ask why you're different... You should be able to give them an answer of what the hope that lies within you is in gentleness and respect. I get respect most of the time. Gentleness, I'm not a gentle guy. It's very, very hard for me. But that's what we're commanded to do, so I have to work at it. But we should be in that place where we know why we act the way we do. And I know for me, I'm not always there. I don't, like, I have my beliefs, and that's what I believe but why do I believe it? That's really important. When we're going into the world, when we're standing before men, we need to know why we believe it. It just can't be a feeling you have. That doesn't work. You have to be able to explain it. And in gentleness and peace, not condemning the person you're talking to. So as God's bringing me down this path, I'm kind of like, okay, God. I'm, I'm getting a little bit. I need to make sure you're in control of my life. Like, I need to be able to explain to people what I believe and why I believe it. And, but, like, this is still not a fun place to be in. And let's, be, let's, like, be perfectly honest. The last two years have not really been fun years to live out, right? Kind of, we find our friend group will stay there. There's some walls on the outside of that group we don't want to go past um, because we don't want to be in fights. Um, and uh, that's difficult, especially in a public position. Like, we're in fights, God brought me to Ephesians. I start to begin to understand why he's calling me to stand firm. So Ephesians 6, 10 through 17. You know, I only wanted little parts of this, but you cannot read this verse unless you read it in the entire context. You have to get everything or it, does, it doesn't like give its full strength. So here we go. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in, in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God. So that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this dark agents, the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist on the evil day. And having done everything to stand, stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having belted your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having strapped 
on your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, which is which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is God's word. Things started to click for me <laughs> when I got to this verse, right? All of a sudden, you know, I've been hearing, stand firm, stand firm, stand firm. And things started to click together for me. See, when I go into a public meeting and I have to say what I believe is right, there, I, no joke, I didn't know people could be this mean, ever. Didn't know it. People like my father who have been in politics their whole life, you should pick up the phone and call them and say thank you. Because the things that they deal with, um, the Christians that have to be elected officials and, and deal with the stuff that they deal with, you have no idea. I have been told I'm not a Christian. I've been told that I am um, stupid, ignorant, uh, not smart. I don't deserve to have children. Um, you can't count the endless things. <laughs> I've been in it for like six months. There are people in your town that have been doing it their whole lives they, they deserve some encouragement from their Christian brothers and sisters. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to have the same political viewpoints. But as a Christian standing for what they believe God wants them to stand for, they deserve you and your thanks. Um, that was a sidebar. Um, whew. This verse started to impact me. As these people have said, terrible things, the realization that they're not my enemy. The, the person at work that lies about you or the people in your life that, that just don't like you, that lead people away from you as being your friends, they're not your enemy. Matter of fact, they need Christ and they need our love. More than anything, they need it. The, uh, whew, I'm very emotional. They're not our enemy. We're fighting against an enemy, though. They're just not it, but they oftentimes, in our eyes, get blamed for what's coming out of their mouth. But we do have an enemy. It's the devil, and he wants those people to be riled up. He wants those people to come attack us, and what he really, really wants is for us to attack them back. That cancels out our call to go. When you alienate people from you, you've canceled it out. So this verse really, like, I, you know, we've read about the, the armor of God before, like, and I always kind of put it in the context, yeah, cool, when I'm going to go start a battle. Right? I don't, I don't really want to put on all this armor. It's heavy. It takes time. It takes effort. I don't want to put on all this armor Today, God, I'm not going into a battle. I'll do it when I'm in a battle. Well, here's the thing about war is you never know when the battle's coming. Matter of fact, if the other side's really good about warfare, they make it come when you think it's not going to come. And to fulfill our call to go, to fulfill our call to reply in gentleness and humility, we must put on the armor of God. This is a daily preparation we have to do as the church. We need to put on the armor of God every day. We need to stand there in the morning and go through it mentally in our heads, knowing that the attack can come at any time. 
And most importantly, the biggest way we can fight those attacks is with our response. But our response must be what God wants our response to be. I'll tell you what, I'm not good at that. My first response a lot of times is like, yeah, shut up. I don't think what you think, and I don't care what you think, and I don't want to listen to what you think. Like, that's my earthly response, okay? Like, I thought this out. I'm not dumb. I don't need your input. That's my earthly response. That's not God's response to a situation. Let me be very clear. That's not how you would respond. Dialogue is good. Dialogue is what helps us to bring forth that gentle spirit. That spirit of humility when you can say, oh, gee, well, let me think about the way that you approach these topics. You don't have to agree with them. You don't even have to think that their method of approaching uh, topics is good. But to engage somebody, you've taken the wall down and you've done it God's way. You don't have to leave agreeing but you can leave peaceable. You can leave with a relationship with somebody so that you can still share the gospel with them by the way you live your life. We need to approach every day when we open our eyes as a mission field for Christ. Where we live, work, and play should be the battlegrounds. As a church... We need to focus on that. If you don't like what I say next, email Greg. (laughs) Too often in the church in America, we put all the responsibility on the Gregs. All the responsibility of growing the church. All the responsibility of doing marriage counseling. All the responsibility of getting information about how do we raise our kids. We put on the pastors. That's a problem. See, you are the body of Christ. He's a shepherd to the body. In his role as a shepherd, he's not called to extend the body. He is called to take care of the body. In his role as part of the body, he is called to extend the body. But we as a church in America are needed more than ever See, there's a pandemic going around this world, but it is not COVID. It's fear. Unsecurity. All the things that are fruits of the Spirit, think of the opposite of that. That's what's going around this world. And what we should bring into this world is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. We need to bring that into this world. But oftentimes as a church... We just dismiss that. It's not our job to go. It's the church's staff job to do that. It's the worship leader's job to do that. We can't enter into worship unless we're, you know, at church on a Sunday morning. I'm sorry if I'm hurting you. No, I'm not really sorry if I'm hurting your feelings. I believe this is true. We need to rise up as the body of Christ. We have to do it. The world needs us to do it. We're called to go to your neighbor, to the person that you can play tennis with, to the people you work for. We're called to go. See, every one of you touches somebody I don't touch. We need the entirety of the body to do and fulfill our call.
not just pastors. We need everybody. Matthew 5, uh, 14 through 16 says this, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does, <clears throat> do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. See, you're called to wake up in the morning, crank that light on high, and open your shades. You're called to walk in such a way that you emanate Christ in all that you do where you live, work, and play all the time. It's not Sunday. It's not when you go to small group. It's not when that friend says, hey, I need to talk to you. I have a problem. I want your advice. It's not those times that you're called to glow. It's all times. You are called to be the light of the world. And most importantly, we need to work together. How many people remember light brights? I loved my light bright as a kid. They are the bomb. Simplest toy in the world. One light bulb, bunch of holes. But here's the thing with light brights. This one's not done right, right? Because you're supposed to have the black sheet over it, right? And it has the little different places it tells you to poke, a, poke one of the, I don't know what they're called, one of the pieces through, one of the pitons through. Um, you don't see much if you have a black sheet and one little probe poked through. I mean, it's cool, it glows, but it's not much. But when you start to fill out the picture, putting piece next to piece next to piece next to piece, you begin to get a full picture of what God wants us to do. I can't tell you how many times God's brought somebody into my life and I'm like, wow, I don't feel like shining, but I think God's really calling me to shine. And I start talking to this person, they go, oh yeah, yeah, I I was with so-and-so. That's a Christian friend of mine, wonder if they know that. And then, oh yeah, I was with so-and-so. Oh, that was also a Christian friend of mine, I wonder if they know that. And all of a sudden you start talking to somebody and you realize they're literally surrounded with a Christian community. They just haven't jumped on ship yet. But God's working on them. What happens if you pull one piece out of the circle that's surrounding them? It's a way for them to get away from the kingdom. Now I'm not trying to coerce anybody to jump on ship. But when God strategically places us around someone's life, he's working in someone's life, And he's going after them and he wants them for the kingdom. If we don't fulfill our responsibility to shine and work together to shine, that person could be lost forever. I don't want to be the person that pulled my peg out of the board. I want to be the person that never moves. I want to super glue that thing in place. Uh, It's a fun prank to play on your siblings, by the way. (laughs) Ephesians 4 11 through 12 says this, and he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the working of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. See, you all have different gifts. There's all different things that we each do. We need to be balanced by each other. We need to be surrounded by other. In 1 Corinthians 12, it refers to us as the body of Christ. And if one member of the body is missing, the whole body suffers. If you don't have a mouth, you can't get nutrients. If you don't have the other end, it can't leave. Okay? Like, 
you need everything to stay alive. And in the church, sometimes, I know, I know, it was bad, Greg, I apologize. Uh, (laughs) He has that smirk that comes across his face like, wow, that was terrible. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to tell you, some of the fun, most fun I've had up here is when you watch Greg and Ed and Steve, like, they're like, (laughs) it's hard to stop most times. We all play a role. We all have to fulfill the role that we play or the body suffers. See, going out and going and being what the world needs us to be, it's not a solo sport. It's not just a one-person game. We all have to fulfill each part that we're called to fulfill, and sometimes we don't know what that part is. It doesn't take massive amounts of training, though. This is, this is what it takes. You engage in the things God designed you to engage in. He made me with a purpose. I'm a little gruff. I'm a contractor. I like to shoot bow and arrows and hunt and etc. I like to run heavy equipment. You know the kind of people that I rub shoulder with? The kind of people that like to do that. It's literally the choice of me deciding I want to shine my light and encourage people or I don't. Because there's already a group of people that I'm attracted to and they're attracted to me. Um, and I want to be a light into that world. And I can be a light into that world. So we often get scared to the call to go, but who is it that likes to watch sports with you? Who is it that likes to go shoot their bow with you? Who is it that likes to go fishing with you? Who is it, maybe you're an introvert, you just want to sit completely silent with somebody in opposite rooms. You could do that. What is it that excites you and the things you enjoy about life? Do that with people. That's the simple fulfilling of the commandment to go. So this morning, this is what I want to do. I I was up last night and just looking over my notes, and this really profoundly hit me. How often do you wake up in the middle of the night? So the worship team, if you could make your way up here. How often do you wake up in the middle of the night and you have this great idea? Right? This idea is going to change the world. It's so good, you cannot forget this idea. And then you go back to sleep. And you wake up the next morning, you're like, I had the like I had the cure for cancer and I don't remember it. I, I do it all the time. I'll think about a job and you fall asleep thinking about a job and like, oh, that is the best way to accomplish tomorrow's job. And then you wake up and you're like, man, the whole plan is gone. I have to start from square one, do this over again. I think that's what happens to us sometimes on a Sunday morning. Right? We engage in worship. We're in the presence of God. We glorify him. We glorify him more by hearing his word and we engage with him. But then we're like, oh, that was so good. I have my notes. I'm going to get back to this later. And we never do. So this is what I want to encourage you today. If you can put up the last slide. I want to encourage you to take some time this morning as we go back into a song of worship and ask God, help me to stand firm. Help me to stand firm for the principles that you've called me to stand in. Show me who I should link arms with. Going is not a solo sport. There are people in your life already that, A, want to be around you probably more than you want them around you. 
that want to fellowship with you because you have something they don't have. Link arms with a friend and, and let those people in. To do, man, it could be a knitting club. It could, it could be the ministry that meets here every other Saturday, right? They, they link arms to walk through life together. Do that. Who are those people around you that like to do the same things you like to do? And help us bring the gospel where we live, work, and play today. So I'm going to let the worship team uh, play. And I would encourage you, enter an attitude of prayer. And just ask God, what are you doing on my heart today? And I'll come back and close. Oh, 
salvation is secure in you. We love you this morning, Lord. We ask that you continue to speak to our hearts throughout the week, Lord. The light. You want us to be the light. Lord, I just ask that you continue to work on our hearts today. And as we celebrate uh, this weekend with a long weekend, we just ask that you would go with us to wherever we're going, Lord God. Let our light shine. We just thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Well, I love you all. Go and have a good Sunday afternoon. Enjoy barbecue, whatever it is that you do. Barbecue sounds good. Now that's what I'm doing.